0: wild ride. So hang on, sis. Whether you're in a season of waiting in the wilderness or experiencing the beauty of the harvest, whether you're deep in disappointment or living in promises fulfilled, weeping in the valley or dancing on the hill, there is someone there ready to walk with you through it all. I'm your host, Carissa Wheeler, and you're invited to join me as my faith-filled guest Share stories of redemption to inspire your heart to wait patiently, persist tenaciously, and hold on to an unwavering hand. Hey friends, happy October! Between December for Christmas and June, which is my birthday month, I think October is definitely my favorite. This month we have one other episode of Hang On Sis set to release toward the end of the month. But today, the episode you're about to hear is something that the Lord has been stirring in my heart for the last couple of weeks. I'm very type A and so going off schedule, off the plan is hard for me, but I just felt like the Holy Spirit was really prompting it. Normally in our conversations, I'll ask my guest to complete the sentence, hang on sis because I gave each one of these women that you're about to hear the same prompt, hang on sis because God is writing your story. And then I asked them to share how that's proven true in their own life. Someone said to me once, history is his story. And I love that because he's not only authoring a narrative of the entire universe and of redemption for humanity through Jesus, but he's also authoring narratives for each one of us individually that tie in to his overall plan for the world. Francesca Battistelli released, I think it was my, maybe my junior year of high school, a song called Write Your Story. And it was like, (laughs) y'all, it was my anthem. It was my, my phone ringtone. It was my alarm clock. And the lyrics... They say, I'm an empty page, I'm an open book, write your story on my heart, come and make your mark. Author of my hope, maker of the stars, let me be your work of art, won't you write your story on my heart? What I didn't realize then, necessarily, was that that is a hard thing to say, that takes surrender, it takes being open-handed with, okay Lord, like I want to align my heart to yours, and thy will be done. Like, yes, I have what I want in my life to happen, but I'm gonna trust that your plans are higher and they are better. And that takes surrender. And I was reminded of that as I listened to all of these stories from these ladies. So I'm praying that you will be exhorted and encouraged and inspired by hearing these short testimonies of God's faithfulness. To kick us off, our first testimony is coming from Chloe. Chloe was one of my amazing girls when we were doing disciple groups um, during 2020, and I have loved having a front row seat to Chloe's life. Most of all, though, I'm just proud of, of her faith journey and how she continues to follow Jesus and everything she does and I'm excited for y'all to hear a little bit about her story.
1: Hang on sis because God is writing your story and his story is so much better than the one that we can write. We can get so stubborn on what we think or want him to write that we don't even see the magnificent story he has already written and that we are already living in. Never in my long-term plan for my life, nor even my five-year plan, did I expect to live in Orlando or have the job that I do, but that's exactly it. It was my plan. His story has made my life so much richer than I could have ever created, with a community that I feel blessed beyond belief to be in. He has been so kind to allow me to dig deeper in friendships and community, but also so kind to allow me to also have wonderful friends elsewhere who I can visit and have the honor of sharing stories with. God is writing your story. Allow your heart to be open to reading it. Be delighted in seeing what's on the pages and to see his handiwork interwoven over the path of your life. He has so much in store, more than we could ever plot out or outline. Hang on, sis, because God is writing your story. Y'all will recognize
0: Ellie from one of the other episodes on Hang On, Sis, She is one of my dearest friends and such an encouragement in my own faith walk and I'm excited for y'all to get to hear her share a little bit about her call into vocational ministry and what God has done in her life through her obedience.
2: If you had asked me or 20 years old what my life would look like, Um, I certainly would not have described my current life. And that is all thanks to the Lord. Um, For as long as I can remember, I wanted to be a veterinarian. I wanted to have a doctorate degree and be a boss to do impressive things and one day hopefully make six figures. I do love working with the animals and the veterinary medical field, but all of those other things, they were just worldly markers of success. I wanted to be successful. Just like everyone else, I wanted success, but I was turning to the world to measure that success, not turning to the Lord. So here I am in my late twenties and the Lord has just done a beautiful work in my heart to turn my priorities to His priorities make my desires align with his will and burden my heart for what burdens him. Um, I'm now living a life fully immersed in vocational ministry. My husband is a student pastor at our church and I get to work there as well as the assistant to our lead pastor and these are just things that I never would have imagined for my life. Um, The Lord has just continued to mold my heart since I have fully submitted to him as my Lord and my Savior. My life is a testament to God's goodness and sovereignty, um, that he is in control and he is ultimately good. Um, so when things don't go the way that I wanted them to, um, when they didn't align with my five-year plan, I can trust in what I know to be true, that God is in control, that Jesus is my Lord, that he has full authority of my life a good father. Um, What I plan for my life just absolutely pales in comparison to what the Lord has given me thus far, and I know that his will is ultimately the best that there is for me and my family. And that heart change is just all the Lord. And So if I could give advice to anybody going through a period of heart change or um, your plans are just not working out and life's not going the direction you thought it would be, I would just tell you to
0: hang on, sis, because God is writing your story. This next story comes from Kara, who is one of the residents at the church I'm on staff at. And she is wise beyond her years. And this is just a small glimpse into what God is doing in her life as she allows him to write her story.
3: For a good chunk of my life, I had no plan for what I was doing after graduation. I knew I wanted to help people, but I didn't really know what that meant. And I can see now looking back after I graduated, that for a lot of it, I was trying to bend God to my will. And after he revealed out of an unhealthy relationship right before graduation, he showed me that his heart for me was through a residency program to spend a year developing and just learning more about Him and learning more about ministry. And even now, I'm in a season where I'm not 100% sure what next year will look like, but I know I can trust Him. And I know that God is always with me, that He hasn't forgotten about me in this waiting season, because God is not done with writing my story, and God is not done with writing your story either.
0: I met Casey at a serving event that our church put on last spring, and she has since become a good friend. I'm very grateful for her, and I am so expectant to see what God continues to do through her and
4: through her sharing her story. In 2019, I ended a five-year relationship at the age of 24. If you would have asked me then, everything I planned for my life inevitably failed. I coped with anything and everything that was toxic. COVID hit and quarantine started six months after the breakup. I had no choice but to be alone with God. He met me in my ugliest and lowest time in my life. In 2021, I went to three funerals. My four-year-old dog died and my roommate at the time gave me a 30-day notice to find a new place. God met me in my bedroom weeping. I didn't know how much more I could take and stay standing. He gave me a peace that made no sense. I had joy in the chaos. His word was playing out in my life. Psalm 16, 7-9 says, I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night my heart instructs me. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for He is right beside me. No wonder my heart is filled with joy and my mouth shouts His praises. My body rests in safety. He reminded me I might have plans for myself, but God's purpose always prevails. I just needed to trust Him. The friends I prayed for for so many years are now more abundant and better than I could have ever imagined. My family is closer than we've ever been. My relationship with the Lord is so intimate. I wake up every day in pure gratitude. Today, this life is nothing I ever thought it would look like, and being single with no kids at the age of 28 was not at all what I planned. But man, God's story for my life has always been more than I ever could have written for myself. I stood in obedience, trusting whatever he had for me, and that it was good. It's always good, even in my suffering and the tears he's been good, because the stories he's writing, I couldn't write for myself. I look back now and thank God for every good, bad, and ugly to make me into the person I am today. He is who he says he is and never fails. Proverbs 3, 5-6 through 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Michaela was in
0: that original group along with Chloe in 2020 and... It has just been a joy to get to see her go through the doors that the Lord has opened in her life and then see how he blesses that (laughs) and the fruit of that. I got to hug her when I was in New York last spring and I'm just really proud of the godly woman that she is.
5: in a small town in Alabama, I never thought that I would live in New York City, but God is writing my story. And when I was in college and the pandemic shut everything down, I was taking my classes online and trying to catch up and singing and acting and dancing and recording myself in my room to submit for my classes. And God put a dream on my heart to move to New York City. And after he did that, I started praying about it and talking to friends about it. I was given community before I even moved to New York City because God is writing my story. I got connected with someone who is now a dear friend of mine because God is writing my story. I got to live in her room and make my best friends in New York and then Six months after living here, after taking the leap to move here, when I was scared out of my mind, didn't know what to expect, had no clue how to live here, packed up my two suitcases, and six months later, I met my now husband. We just got married in September, and I never could have written that story. Ever. God is writing your story. Wherever He leads you, wherever you are scared to go, but you think that God is calling you, go. Prepare yourself, prepare your heart, prepare logistically, pray over it, share it with friends, share it with family. But if you know God is calling you to go somewhere, you have to do it. So hang on sis, because God is writing your story too.
0: Genevieve is our next testimony and y'all will definitely recognize her voice as well as she was on another episode on the show and just like that episode y'all it was fire. (laughs) She's about to bring some more encouragement to you.
6: I guess for me like I think of like when the scripture that says that he is the author and finisher of our faith like he truly is the author and for me there's just so many stories that I could share as to how the Lord has proven that true in my life but one thing that comes up for me is I remember I was in college and I was a I want to say sophomore or junior and i just remember writing in my notes app lord um i want the job where it's something that i couldn't have even dreamed of for myself and something that just feels so natural to me whether i wrote that verbatim i don't remember but it was something along those lines and i had the intention of becoming a teacher or doing something in social work because that's what i thought and it also just shows like the human heart has many plans, but the Lord establishes our steps. And I graduated college, was a teacher and felt like so lost in that. And I felt and I just kept remembering that prayer that I prayed and just trusting, OK, Lord, like I'm a, I'm hoping that this is one step closer to this dream job that I have. And lo and behold, that year, are um, the Lord up. Op- opened an opportunity for me to step into becoming an interpreter and that was not something I saw coming and it's literally the job that I couldn't have even dreamed of for myself and the Lord has used me in so many ways and has put me in rooms that I'm just like, how am I here? And it truly is like an answer to that prayer. And in the year of 2020, 2021, it felt very confusing and as if I couldn't see clearly. But now in hindsight, I could see like how like the Lord was using everything. And so just that idea of feeling like nothing makes sense and everything I'm doing right now is useless is alive because he works everything together for our good so hang on sis because god truly is writing your story and that's how that's proven true in my life ashley
0: and i grew up doing theater together and when i was thinking about launching this podcast i went to her about taking some promo pictures and She did an incredible job on making my vision for the podcast come alive visually. So the podcast cover is all her photography creative skills. Um, So I'm excited for y'all to get to hear a little bit about her.
7: For me, it is just how he put my husband in the perfect path in perfect timing for my life. I had been in a very serious relationship um, for almost three years before that and we broke up... didn't have the best breakup um, at the end of my freshman year of college and that summer I went through a very dark, lonely time and on a dark path. I feel like on the outside it didn't seem that way because I was always with my friends... Um, and I was catching up with old friends I hadn't seen in so long and, and all that, but in, in quiet and secret, I was going through one of the hardest parts of my life, doing things that I'm not proud of, and turning to substances of different kinds um, and addictions of different kinds to provide me comfort and hope for the future and um, my husband on his own timing at that season of life was going through his own things, Um, but we were perfectly placed in each other's path at the right time to help each other get out of that, redirect us to Jesus, Um, and He is such a loving God and He is such a faithful God that is not of ultimatums or um, standards that we have to meet because there's no way we can meet those, but He meets us where we're at, and that is how I have seen him prove so faithful to me. When I moved back to New
0: York for the second time last year, Manuela was my principal when I was doing fundraising development and social media at a sweet private school in northern Manhattan, and... I have been so inspired by her faith and her tenacity and her obedience to the call of God on her life, and I know you will be too.
8: I was in college wrapping up my undergrad degree and thinking I needed to start working to pay for my grad degree and was about to take a job teaching middle school math while getting my master's in math. was feeling overwhelmed by it and not sure how I was going to go to school at night and get all the classes in and and also dive into teaching um, middle school in an an urban Christian school and without a teaching degree. And out of nowhere, um, the Lord just provided Um, a teaching assistantship at my university that was gonna, yeah, pay for my grad degree and uh, had a small salary and health benefits and just exceedingly above and beyond what I could think, ask, or imagine. And I I ended up honoring my contract to that school a year later, but now with both a bachelor's and a master's degree and um, with some teaching experience, although not in middle school, at least uh, some teaching experience. Um, and the other one is is in my current school where I'm at now. Um, after 11 years of teaching, uh, I think COVID, I'm sure, rewrote a lot of people's stories and had them hanging on to that reminder that God is writing our story, we're not, and he has a purpose and a reason behind everything, and including... Uh, a global pandemic. And um, yeah, that pandemic was threatening to, to close our school and um, yeah, it was really going to alter not only my life, but the the life of our students and other staff and, and our, our families. And yeah, definitely had to hang in on that one and trust that God is writing the story and had a different plan and uh moved me out of the classroom and into my current role as an administrator and that has been three plus years of of hanging there god is writing the story and he's answered before he's answered bigger and better and beyond what i could think ask or imagine and i'll keep hanging in and trusting in a good God and a a loving father.
0: Corey and I became friends on the drive to staff retreat. We bonded over crew, not like rowing crew, but Jesus crew. Her parents were on staff with crew. She worked for crew and crew was a huge part of my story in college. I served on my, my campus ministry team for Crew, and Corey shares a really cool testimony of God's provision in writing her story.
9: One of the stories that comes to mind, and that is just really evident to me that God's writing my story, starts when I was a senior in college. I was driving home blew the engine in my dad's car. It was totally preventable, but I just, I didn't know any better. And I just, I felt terrible, but also it really triggered something in me of how sometimes things in life just don't always go as planned. Worst case scenarios can't happen. And those things would be spiraling in my head and it was just really debilitating. And something especially that I just hadn't really experienced before uh, thank God, I, I still was able to graduate on time, even though I was missing classes and things like that, just because I I just I felt terrible. Because um, not only was my mental health um, affected, but my, I had a lot of physical effects as well. I was able to graduate, and then I had also been accepted into a internship program with Crew, which is a Christian non-profit that um, reaches college students with the gospel. And so I was had this opportunity to move to Orlando, Florida, and intern for a year down there uh, doing social media, which was perfect for me studying marketing in school and communications. And so I was just so excited about this opportunity to not only use my skills, but also just receive Lots of development, personally, professionally, and spiritually, and just be in some really awesome Christian community as well. In order to be able to do that, I had to fundraise that summer, and so I had to raise all the funds for my salary and benefits. It seemed like a lot for me to do, and to do in just a couple of months. Even though I practically had no strength myself, God provided, and I was able to Intern with Crew for a year, and it was just an incredible season of my life. And I ended up at Crew actually for five years. But um, just looking back on that season, it's just never something I thought I would do. And um, you know, I'm so grateful that God allowed that to be part of my story.
0: To wrap us up, our final testimony is coming from Reagan. Reagan is a former resident at my church and she is newly engaged. I'm super excited for everything that is coming up for her in this new chapter. And it's been really cool just to see how God has provided and led her.
10: From the time I was a little girl, I've always had my mind made up on what my next step was. I knew where I was going to go to school. I knew what I was going to study. I knew the type of man that I wanted to marry. I knew every extracurricular I was going to do in high school. If you had a question about what I was going to do with my life, chances are I had a very well elaborately thought out answer for everything. But it wasn't until it really came time for me to make a decision about school that I began to understand that it wasn't me that made up my my story my um my life my path everything that I was to accomplish um I was visiting a university not the one that I had always thought I would go to and I got to sit in on chapel and the speaker that was speaking that day said something that I will never forget he said if you let him God will wreck the plans that you've always had for your life but he'll give you a sense of peace about it and show you why. And that was one of the hardest pills for me to swallow because I like to have a plan and I like to know what's next. But it was in that moment that I looked to my best friend and I said, I'm not going to the school that I always thought I'd go to. I'm coming here. And it was the first of many steps over the next few years that would lead to me just saying, Lord, I trust you and I understand that you are the one that is writing my story. Um, Everything from my anxiety to the ways that I had to deal with COVID and the pandemic, Um, To breakups and relationships and jobs and graduation and everything else that has come since that moment I have just realized like Lord I know that you have the next page of my story written and I cannot wait to step faithfully into this story that you have created Um, and what was so hard about that for me is that um, I I struggled so much with giving up that control but one of the things that I can confidently say even now as I'm unemployed and waiting for a job and I'm in interview processes and doing these different things everybody asks me like aren't you nervous doesn't this like just give you so much anxiety that you don't know what you're doing and I'm like honestly no. Because ever since I made that commitment of saying, Lord, I'm giving up my life for you and understanding that you are the one writing my story and not me, I know that my next step is planned out beautifully and is prepared for me. And I just have to sit in this preparation period until the Lord says that it is time for me to step into what's next. And so for me, that is what it has looked like for the Lord to just write my story. And it is something that I would not have any other way. I would not want to be the one writing my story when the one who created me has written it so beautifully.
0: David writes in Psalm 139, 13 through 16, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb That nothing that happens in my life takes God by surprise. He is fully aware of everything that has happened, everything that is happening, everything that will happen. In Ephesians 2.10, Paul says, We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Good works prepared in advance just about every day i think about jeremiah 29:11 for i know the plans i have for you declares the lord plans to give you hope and a future those are all scriptures that i think about when i need a reminder that god is a beautiful writer we can trust god in authoring our stories so while i don't know what you may be facing today i do know that God knows. He sees. He cares. You are fully known, yet fully and deeply loved. He's working it all for your good and his glory. So hang on, sis, because God is writing your story. Hey, Carissa. How are you? Great. <laughs> I'm great. Good. I'm it's glad good to you. you're, yeah, good to see you. It's been a little bit.
11: Mm-hmm. It's been, it been a little Time's bit. happens. Time's moving too fast.
0: I know. It's wild. The yeah. last time I saw you, was at Newsies? Wasn't it?
11: Yes. Newsies? That was over the summer. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's been a little bit.
11: hmm
0: So we met, Melissa, when we were teaching. You were doing music at GCA.
11: Mm-hmm. You were doing drama. I was doing
0: drama. <laughs> but before,
11: before I ever met you mm-hmm. in person, um, since you were not able to come to the teacher's in yeah. and all of that, we had gotten connected on Facebook and I kept seeing all these things that we had in common <laughs> and I saw a picture where you were selling your furniture in New York City to move back and I was like, I looked at your furniture, and I saw sitting next to your bed the picture of the cross at Swanee, and I was like, what? That's too much, <laughs> because that is where I got engaged. Mm-hmm. And it's like a special place for my family. We have a place up there in Montego, mm-hmm. and we've been you know, going up there for decades, and it, that just made me feel so connected to you already yes. before I even met you in person. Yeah,
0: we definitely have kindred spirits and a kinship mm-hmm. and it's it's cool i love and that and so
11: many other things since then i just yes i
0: am mm-hmm. just mini you
11: <laughs> yeah, mini you but a better version no a better version no. mini me
0: but yeah <laughs> a better version of no me. no <laughs> <laughs> no but i am um i have looked up to you and um yeah i'm just grateful you're on today to share some of your story
11: thank you mm-hmm And I look up to you, too. (laughs) Thank you, I do. You have so much spiritual wisdom for someone your age and and just maturity. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thanks.
0: Um, So, speaking of stories. Yes. Is there a story from your life that you would like to share?
11: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I grew up with just my mom. And about 3 years ago my mom actually told me the story of how how she left my dad and i knew that they were divorced before i was even a year old and that my dad was an alcoholic and um just you know had other there other things that go with that um that made my mom need to need to take me out of that situation but um i found out that she had pretty much escaped with me in the middle of the night and he had been on a drunken binge, and um, she had gotten me out of the house, thankfully, because he had run his car into the house, and, or the, I don't know, if it was a mobile home or something we were living in, and um, into the wall of the room where I would have been sleeping, which he didn't do that on purpose, but she knew that it wasn't a safe place, so she didn't even have a driver's license, and she had my uncle come, and pick us up, and I had nothing but a onesie, and um, and so she raised me by herself, and my dad would visit sometimes on Saturdays, and um, he, once when I was about eight years old, there was an incident where I actually saw him drunk, and he was at our apartment early in the morning when he wasn't supposed to be there, and trying, to, you know, knocking on the door, and Anyway, the police had to come and all of that, and I think he was so ashamed that he didn't he didn't visit me anymore i didn 't see him anymore for 12 years Wow and my mom um, raised me by herself, um, she raised me in the church um, she 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 gave me the master bedroom wherever we lived, you know she like did her best to um to provide for me, sent me to a Christian school and um, I slept with her every night, you know? um, So she's a great mom and she covered the mother and father roles for me, which was important Mm -hmm. and protected me like a father would. And when I was 20 years old, I found out that I was acting. I, I had acting agents in town and I was performing and singing and I was a student at Belmont and I found out that he and I were both acting and with this we had the same agent. One of our agents was the same. Whoa. Of course I was multi-listed, but there was one agent that we had in common. And I don't remember how that happened, but he the agent told me, you know, I know your dad and here's his headshot and resume. And so I found out, you know, what he looked like now. You know, we didn't have social media then, so you couldn't just find anybody. And so I knew what he looked like, and I was at this big casting call one day that something going on in town where, you know, it was just a big old, y'all come and, you know...
0: (laughs) Cattle call. Cattle call thing,
11: (laughs) yeah. And I brought some of my friends from Belmont that were also pursuing acting, and um, I saw my dad there across the room, and he didn't recognize me like I tried to make eye contact mm-hmm. with him he didn't know who I was and I even walked right by him at one point just to, and he didn't recognize me and I decided to get in touch with him after that and so I called him up I got his phone number and I I called him and um became talked with with my grandfather for quite a while and like we became friends over the phone like we mm-hmm. talked for hours and he was so happy to hear from me and um, there was so much water under the bridge but it's like the Lord gave me grace yeah. you know, allowed me to show him the grace that I'd been given and never held it against him mm-hmm. um, so we were we were friends and we would go um places together. I even took him to church. He he was not a believer, but he considered himself to be a humanist and he he was well read and, you know, he had overcome um drugs and alcohol and he um, you know, was a good person, great sense of humor. I took him to church with me at Belmont <laughs> Church and um I was thinking, wow, he's really, you know, he's going through the motions with me. Like, you know, that church is pretty charismatic, you know. And he was standing up and sitting down whenever I did. He even asked me if you were allowed to smoke in there, which is really funny. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, I, you know, I, I, I prayed a lot for him and really tried to tried to be a, a witness for him.
2: Mm.
11: Um, but when my husband and I became engaged I was telling him about it and about our wedding plans and he asked who was going to give me away Mm -hmm. and I hadn't chosen him I chose my stepdad because he's been more of a father Mm -hmm. to me but I was going to allow him to be part of the service but when when he heard that I saw his his face drop and after that he would have nothing to do with me Mm -hmm. like he cut me off completely again he told me I'm not going to be at the wedding and i you know, and from then on, he, not well, not from then on, at that point, he, he cut me off. Which was really, really hurtful. He wouldn't answer my phone calls. And one day, um, a couple of years later, I got a phone call from him, and he left a message saying that he was dying and that there were no hard feelings. He just wanted to let me know. And... The Lord allowed me back into His life at that point. Like I was able to re-enter His life. My dad allowed me back in, and I ended up. Sorry, the story is so long. It's longer it's than I so imagined it to be. Um, I I was able to take him to some of his um, his appointments for radiation. You know, he had the surgery. He had mm-hmm. he had a brain tumor, a malignant brain tumor. I'd, I took him to radiation I you know spent time with him um I prayed with him his wife at the time was a believer Mm -hmm. he had a cousin who was a believer she came into town and we all three you know prayed with him and and um tried our best to to share our faith with him and um two weeks before he passed away um he he was at the point with his tumor that he he couldn't really even he, he was calling things other names, you know, he wasn't he couldn't even get his words straight, but but he did have some presence of mind and he prayed with me to receive Christ two weeks before he passed away.
4: Well wow, Melissa
11: And during that time, that last two weeks, he things from his life were coming back to him and he he actually tried to contact a family that he, um, he had had a drunk driving accident at one point that had killed somebody. Mm -hmm. And he tried to contact that family, um, to tell them he was sorry. And he wasn't able to reach them, but, um, I could see that his heart was changing. And so, um, if, I feel like if God had not given me that grace for him, because I didn't know him anything, you know? Yes. Um, He had not been a a real dad to me. Yeah. He'd never even paid child support. You know, he just wasn't responsible as a father at all. He didn't have what it took to be a father, really. Um, But because I was able to show him that grace, um, his heart was, was open at the right time. And um, so, yeah. And uh, the amazing thing is too, that I'm able to, to see in other people that I normally would have maybe judged that grew up without a father, yeah. or the, you know, with parent issues, like I can, I can empathize with them now even though I got out pretty unscathed, I I would say, I mean, I can see in my life where being rejected by him certainly has impacted lots of parts of my life. I've, you know, I'm very sensitive to rejection and um, it has affected my marriage in ways because I'm sensitive to to that. And um, I certainly sought attention. I needed, like, that type of... I, I needed the adoration that a father brings so I certainly looked for attention and and in other in men you know and or in boys when I was in school you know had to have a boyfriend Mm -hmm. but um besides that though I mean the Lord is has helped me has made me emotionally um healthy yeah just in realizing he's my father yes he he has filled that role in my life and more yes so there we go there's my there's the whole thing and and that is a story of (laughs) redemption it is yeah it is yeah
0: and I think yeah yeah. Mm. Mm. so that's amazing I didn't know I didn't know any of that Mm. well I knew that you we had both talked about maybe when we first met Just about the similarity and being raised by a single mom and Mm -hmm. um how a lot of your uh, decision making and going into acting was so supported by her. Yes. And how similar that was to my own life. Mm
11: -hmm.
0: Um yeah, but I love that. I love that. Thank you.
11: Yeah. Yeah, I do see your mom is your biggest fan and my mom is still my (laughs) biggest fan.
0: Yep. sweet yeah um so can you share a little bit about your um about your journey um into performing
11: yeah yeah I um I started just sing just sing I loved singing Mm -hmm. from the time I was two or three years old and um my mother would take me around wherever we went she would put me up on a table or something and have me sing and i learned i learned the you know the current pop and country songs and performed them wherever we went and when i was 7 years old she decided to let me enter a beauty pageant well mm-hmm. i mean i guess at the time My mother didn't know about like community theater, you know, and maybe there wasn't really much of that going on to do. So like pageants were what people did. Mm -hmm. And so I was entering my first beauty pageant and I was, (laughs) I was practicing my, my acrobatic routine and I, it, it, doing it made my head hurt. You know, I was doing these things called chest rolls, you know, where you would like roll backwards and I didn't like doing it. And my aunt was over. At our apartment and she was hearing me sing one day and she said why don't why don't you have her sing instead and um my mom said okay well all right so I sang in my first pageant and I didn't place at all but I loved it (laughs) I had so much fun and from then on I started competing, and from then on, I never lost a talent competition in a pageant, so it <laughs> really developed my, my confidence. confidence in that, you know, I didn't always win, win the beauty, I didn't always win the crown, but I always won the talent, and um, so that kind of became my identity, I was a singer, and even in school, when our our school would have the annual Spaghetti Supper. I would be the performer with a band at the Spaghetti Supper, you know. And I started auditioning for the musicals when they would come along. And I began to love acting and um, continued dance all my life. So my identity was, was that. Mm-hmm. I was a performer and um, did that all through school. And... um always knew that that's what I was going to do. I was going to be... Well, at one point, I was going to be a singer, dancer, actor, model, and piano player. That's was one of the <laughs> things I wanted to be. And I grew up in a church tradition where the arts weren't a part of it. So it was all separate from... I never knew that that could be... I could worship through that. It was always... Oh, this is what I do to, you know, this is really one of the reasons my mom wanted to get me involved in that world was to keep me, keep me um, distracted from what was going on with my dad, trying to, at one point, trying to get partial custody Mm -hmm. of me and all that. So she just, she protected me from that through the arts and um, it just became my love and but yes it was all about bringing myself glory you know oh when i'm on stage i get lots of attention from this and i i just never i never knew that it was something that was given to me to glorify god really Mm -hmm. and not myself until i was um, in high school and i went on this retreat um this this person who was discipling me, my mom had reached out to someone to disciple me, and she was she was a model and an actress, and I really admired her, and um, she sent me on this retreat with some of these churches, these local churches in Nashville, these more charismatic churches were doing it, and I realized then um, that, that like what worship was like, and and how. I really could, you know, um, I could give this over to him. I could use my gifts for, for his glory. And that was, that was when a big change came in me. And I, and I continued to do, you know, pursue professional work and, and tried to be out there in the world, but realized that I was to be salt and light mm-hmm. through that. And um, when I got cast, in Les Mis, I got cast on a touring company of Les Mis while I was still in college. I I left college in my senior year to go and, and do that, and then from there, I was sent to the Broadway production, and I performed there. And I'm, I was in the show for almost three years in all, and um, attended Redeemer Church, where I, you know, was under the teaching of Timothy Keller, Tim, yeah. who, you know, just I can't even describe what his teaching has meant in my life, but um, really sharpened me and and um, allowed me to be salt and light. I wish I could go back now, though, having grown as I have over the decades, <laughs> and I wish I could have even done a better job of that, because I'm i not sure that I had the, the right answers for everyone when they asked, but at least I was maybe an example, um, and... Yeah, I mean, I have, I've had, ha, I've, I've had people reach out to me since then mm-hmm. that I maybe shared a dressing room with to, yeah. to ask questions. You know, what, what is this about, or you know, why is this going on in my life, or why do you believe this? Mm-hmm. You know, so it was, yeah. So since then, I've, I've, um, I've been able to well it became you know a worship leader mm-hmm. um and so of course i was able to to serve the lord that way but also um just be create art with his people yeah. like i got to tour with amy grant and michael mm-hmm. w smith cc C. wine and those people and sing with those people and like um that was amazing and now i get to share um the arts with lots of teenagers and kids that I that I teach on a regular basis and um, the next
0: generation.
11: The next gener well even the generation after that. (laughs) The generations down. (laughs) I would be more like, you know, maybe their grandparent at this point. But (laughs) um, (laughs) I'm older than their parents. Um but it it's amazing how yeah, God is, has, has really redeemed the arts in my life mm-hmm. for his glory. And um, that's just amazing. Yeah. It's amazing to me. I love that.
0: So he really had his place in your life as father and as artist.
11: hmm hmm
0: Yeah. I love that. Um, let's see. What's the next question? <laughs> what is um what do you think the Lord is there anything that I'm gonna rephrase that Melissa and I'll edit that out. Is there anything in your life right now that you feel like the Lord
11: is teaching you? Yes. <laughs> Lots of things, but um I'd say the thing that pops out first is that he's teaching me to trust him. Mm. Um, first, with my loved ones. Yeah. As a mom. As a mom, you have to learn to trust the Lord with your children. Well, they're His.
0: Mm-hmm.
11: With His children that He's that He's given you to to raise, and um, it's interesting being a parent of adults, and I, I love um, watching them seek him and and see what he's doing in their lives it's mm-hmm. amazing but I have to trust him with with, with their safety you know with their, mm-hmm. and knowing that things are going to happen and um I'm not control in control of any of it but he has his hand on my loved ones and so I have to trust him in that but I have to also trust him with my future I I worry about what my future life looks like um as you get older, you worry about your health. You worry about, oh, you worry about where the world's going. You know, mm-hmm. I, I have to trust him with with my future, and um, and with I also worry about um, whether I'm doing the best that I can with my resources and with the time I have left on this earth who know you know I know that um he has plans and he has purposes for me and I just walk just knowing that I'm in his will right we have to yeah to trust him and um yeah and I'm sure that most most everybody deals with anxiety these yeah. days, and you know, for some, for some people, it's their whole identity, right? Oh, I just, you know, I I deal with anxiety and depression. That's who I am. You know, um, it's definitely not who I am. But I've had that creep in. Yeah, had it try to creep in before in a physical way, even mm-hmm. physically and mentally, have anxiety creep in, and I refuse. Uh, it's a it's a plan of the enemy to distract and to keep people from what from being bold and brave and stepping Mm -hmm. out in faith and I refuse to ever let that happen so when I have felt you know in the middle of the night feel the anxiety coming in and the what ifs um I have to just I just pray out loud wherever I am I just I just rebuke it yeah rebuke it speak the name of Jesus and I don't I don't personally speak to the enemy. Yeah. I speak to the Lord and yeah. let him deal with it on, on my behalf. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, because that has no place. Yes. It has no place. And so many are letting, letting that rule their lives. Um, you know, anxiety, I've had stage fright. You know, that's, <laughs> that goes, goes with it. I, I refuse to ever let that stop. Me. I just my I just say i'm going to be afraid I'm going to do it anyway gotcha. and that's working for me <laughs> <laughs> that's a good He's, motto <laughs> yes be afraid to do it He's, you know he wants us to cast our cares on him and there are very practical ways to do that and one is just to speak just to speak it mm-hmm. and um, uh, there's constantly spiritual warfare going on around us and yeah. Speak the name of Jesus into that space and, um. And ask Him to remove the fear and just walk right through it, and do what He's called us to do.
0: Mm. That's a whole yeah. word. Mm.
11: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not we're not called to to live in fear,
0: Mm-mm. especially mm-hmm. with like the. <laughs> the state of the world.
11: Mhm. Oh, that's yes, a, we can totally be gripped yes. by that, right? Yes. We that's totally such be... a good reminder. And you know, we know that God has gone before us yes. and there's nothing that's going on that surprises him. Right. Um and he's he's already overcome it. Mm-hmm. But he, you know, he says in James, you know, take heart. I have overcome the world. Um He doesn't say in this world, if you believe and trust me, you will not, you know. Experience (laughs) trouble. Right. Things are going to suddenly be rosy in your life. It says, you know, um, in this world there are many tribulations, and that's Mm -hmm. for all of us. Um, That's that's the fallen state of this world and of people, and um, we're not immune to it. But we know that he has overcome it, and yes. our future is is my name is written in the Lamb's book of life, and yes. um this this is only the you know this is just a tiny blip in the the whole e- e- eternity. 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 Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. love that.
0: Thank you for that encouragement, because I mm. needed that today. <laughs> 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 um, all right. I think let's. So, Melissa, um, the last part of my last question for you. Um, If you could complete this sentence, what would you say and maybe why? So, the sentence is, hang on, sis,
11: because. Hang on, sis, because God has the big picture. We can only see through a glass darkly. We, we are we are caught up in the moment we're caught up in the past we're caught up in our fears of the future, but he has the big picture he knows what he's doing, and we don't have to worry we can we can cast our cares on him and know that he's got this he's got us. Mm. I love that.
0: So, Melissa, to conclude this episode, can you finish this sentence? Hang on, sis, because... (laughs) Hey, y'all. It is episode eight of the Hang On Sis podcast. I am sitting in a hotel room with Mama Lucia. Mom, do you want to say hi to our Hang On Sis listeners? girls and guys (laughs) there are some guys listening according to according (laughs) according to the what's it called when you're like yeah, yeah yeah there are some guys listening according to the stats um so i'm gonna keep that in mind for the next seasons to incorporate some hang on brothers (laughs) hang on sisters hang on brothers um, isn't there a song about that? Welcome, brothers. <laughs> Welcome, brothers. Welcome. She's the Lucy T. Welcome, brothers. Brothers and sisters, resist brothers. the devil, and he won't play for me. That is what the Bible tells us. Hear me, you gamblers, with your cards, your dice, your horses. Okay, oh, back on track. We are at a women's conference this weekend, and I'm just feeling so fed. are, we ate steak and steak. can shake. Okay. <laughs> um. Okay, let me finish this recording, mommy. I am. I have a hamburger flat and a shake. <laughs> Are you feeling fed, too? I still feel like I eat a boy. Alright.
5: Mom, shh.
0: My tummy, Watch yes. me use the wrong uh, recorded of this and then put this out. That would be so funny. Okay. Um, That's what I mean. All right. Shh. I'm Mommy, I gotta finish this. I'm hurting. I told you not to eat it. <laughs> I told you. Okay. Right. No, just let me do my recording. Okay. Okay. <laughs> a good sister is eating with everybody else Hang on sis We're going Y'all to- go eat <laughs> all right so we are at a women's conference and it was a beautiful time tonight I'm excited for the next couple of days but But without further ado, Ta-da. I want to introduce episode eight. I want to, ep- <laughs> I want, I want to introduce today's guest, Melissa Austin. Melissa is... Melissa is an actor, singer, performer extraordinaire, former cosette and Les Mis on Broadway and the national tour. We met when I was teaching theater. She was teaching music. And I am really excited for y'all to get to hear Mama. I just gave you arnica. Put put, put more arnica. (laughs) Take an arnica back. Okay. (laughs) In case. I'm hurting. All right. It's where I tried to
11: twerk.
0: Okay, mama. I tried to learn to twerk (laughs) at (laughs) GERC. Mama Lucia pulled her back out while she was trying to learn to twerk tonight quite entertaining I'm really excited for y'all to get to hear Melissa's story she talks about being a child of divorce which is also a part of my story and she talks about the arts and how the Lord has redeemed the arts in her life and also about anxiety and her journey And also about anxiety and the importance of keeping faith in times when we are so tempted to be fearful, be anxious, we have Jesus. Um, When we are so tempted to fall into being fearful, to fall into being anxious we can turn to the truth we can turn to the word and set our heart on jesus um to help us navigate that to help us navigate that I i already did And now grab your coffee, a blanket, maybe you're sitting by a fire or driving on the road. And now you're invited to join us in this conversation. Now you're invited to hear our conversation. After that conversation, after Melissa and I recorded this, John 14, came to my mind and it says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives. Oh, I gotta redo this. Where's my net version? Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give it to you as the world does. Do not let your hearts be distressed or lacking in courage. Another translation says, Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Peace. I leave with you. Shalom. Where is that? make a rip? Yeah. And then the scripture to throw in there somewhere for that. Mm hmm. See, it Yeah, but at the end, it's all about the anxiety thing. So I'm doing... She talks about peace in all of it. What I'm leaving with you is shalom. I'm giving you my shalom, my peace. And we have that promise from the Lord. So no matter what situation you're in, if you are... A child of divorce, like Melissa and I were, if you are like Melissa and I are, if you are reframing <laughs> how you are viewing a gift, maybe it's maybe it's the arts, maybe it's um, if you are reframing something in your life, like Melissa was learning how the arts can be used to glorify God, or if you're just looking at the state of our world and your heart is shattered by the fallen state of it, We have that promise of peace, that promise of shalom, and we can hold true to that. So go in peace. I love y'all.